So a student who I came to know a good couple of years ago, not, 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 not one here from Holy Family, uh, he was at school and he learned a bit of guitar and he was very proud of himself and um, he was really delighted at some of the more difficult chords that he could manage and master, known as bar chords. It's where you're, that finger there has to press all six strings. They're a little awkward. You don't really start with them. They're kind of annoying. Uh, very, very useful, and our music ministry have mastered them. But um, they're, they're difficult. They're like more difficult positions to play. And so he was playing with a, an incredibly gifted piano player who was a music teacher there amongst other things. And she's just like, she's absolutely gifted musician. You know what I mean? Just, uh, and, and could sing to boot. She just had it all. She was able to sing and play. Absolutely fantastic musician. And um, so he was getting a few th little things wrong as, as, as happens. He's a student after all. So uh, she just gives him a little nod. Says, ah, if you could just hear, if we could just keep an eye on that bit there, we might just play, um, you know, maybe F and then go from that into the C. And then he kind of with a, a smile says, miss, miss, miss. I'm not sure if you understand. Uh, I'm just playing a bar chord here. Uh, I'm just playing B minor. It's a bar chord. She said, I'm, I'm aware, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not the right chord. Miss, no, it's a, this is a guitarist. So you're playing a piano. See, it's a, it's a different instrument. Now, obviously, the more he talked, the more he revealed his absolute ignorance of music because B minor exists also on a piano and it has the same sound. So it's just, you play it that way instead of that way. Um, so, yeah, and then she was trying to kind of, you know, not embarrass him in front of everyone. So she said, um, yeah, but it's just, it's not the right chord. I, I'm, you're, you're wonderful that you can play B minor, really. I am so impressed. I really am. It's just, it's the wrong chord. And I couldn't help but think, um, when I was I think of that story, when I was thinking of this reading of, of today's gospel, how smart people learn from everyone. If you're smart... You actually learn from everybody. It's the person who's kind of a little less than smart, only feels he can learn from the experts and ends up, ends up actually learning from no one. Whereas if you're smart, you're constantly looking and learning and learning, from, learning things from all sorts of people, you know? Uh, we have one exceptional conversationalist in our community uh, who is a, an absolute master at follow-on questions. He may be sitting in the front row there. Uh, and he's just looked... And as, as you're... Yeah, it's, it, it's you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, uh, when when when, when it's, a, it's a real gift when you're speaking to him. He always knows how to ask further questions, further questions, kind of just, just like, like looking for more and more a deeper understanding of things. It's a real gift, and that's how you learn stuff. That's how you learn things, because then you understand it better than if you're just kind of listening passively, going, "When will they stop talking?" You know, uh, but you aid the conversation along. You you know, uh, and, uh, and and you end up learning more. You understand better. It's wonderful. You can learn then from everyone. Fantastic. Whereas the people who don't learn as much, you know, don't miss all the opportunities of what's around them. Why is that important? Why, why, why are we saying all of this? So scribes and Pharisees saw that John the Evangel John the Baptizer. What are we saying? John the Baptist. We say it's not John the Baptizer. John the Baptist. It's John the Baptizer in Italian. John the, John the Baptist. How he was doing good works, and people were coming to him. People were listening to him. People were converting, repenting from their sin. But they also saw how he he called them out on their superficiality, and he called them out on uh, loading up things for people to do, but not lifting a finger themselves. Like it just it's easy to preach. Preaching isn't hard. 
living it so it's hard. So he would call them out on that, and he'd call them out on, on, on their, their hypocrisy. So they didn't like him. So they, then Jesus asked, asked them this question then, so John's baptism, where does it come from? Was it from heaven or from man? Is this what he was doing? Is it from God or was it just from him? Is he just a crazy man or was he actually inspired? Now they didn't want to answer either way, but their options were, if, if we say that it came from heaven, then Jesus will say, well, why didn't you learn from him? Why didn't you? Yes, he might look a little crazy. He might be a little less bathed than, than most uh, of the people at the time. Uh, but if what he's saying is backed up by his life and by his example and by the conversions of people, well, maybe, maybe there's truth in it. Maybe he's actually right. Or if it's just for man, then he's just a plain crazy guy. Okay. But look at the fruit. But it was, it was their fear of the people. Uh, that, that stopped them from actually seeing who this man was or what he was actually doing. And so they end up learning from no one. Then Jesus comes along and Jesus is preaching and teaching and they don't learn from him either. They don't learn from John the Baptist, they don't learn from Jesus. So who do they want to learn from? Well, they will say, well, God will teach us. God will teach us. You know, we have the law, we have the, the Torah, we have the scriptures, uh, the old, our Old Testament. Yeah, but they didn't even learn from that either. They ended up actually missing everything and just listening to themselves and remaining in that kind of circle of ignorance whereas if they had eyes to to see what was going on around them that the sanctity of John the Baptist a greater man born of woman has ever been seen Jesus said about him and then to see in Jesus actions confirming proving his word there's something different about these two people they back up what they say with their lives. This isn't just roaring in the, in the wilderness like they're, they're compelling. They're proving that what they say is true. So why won't we listen? It's kind of the difference between you know, when someone says, you know, I, 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 I believe in God. Well, that's, that's nice. That's good. You know, it's good. It's a good start. Definitely a good start. It's good to believe in God. I'm not advocating for the opposite. But uh, start, believing in God is nice. It's funny how you can just play with a language and it means something very different. Believing in God is nice, but do you believe God? Do you believe what he says? Because if, remember, if, if, if Jesus says something and Jesus is God, now there are huge implications. You know, if Jesus says you should fast, and now this is, and Jesus is God, now this is actually God saying you should fast. Now there's a whole other layer of authority to what he's just after saying. He says, renounce yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Well, again, if that's a prophet, that's nice. If it's God saying it, that's something very, very different. Because now it's not limited by time. It's not limited by when this was written 2,000 years ago. It's, not, it's now God's word. So believing in God is nice, but actually believe God. Believe what he says. That's, that's a whole different level altogether. Even Jesus himself says, it's not, Lord, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord, to get into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So it's nice to believe in God. It's a really good start. But we should also believe him. Believe his word. Believe what he says. Believe what he asks of us. So in our own heart of hearts, like when we're praying, we find ourselves before him and, and we know he's asking us to, to prune off something, to prune off a, an unhealthy attachment or 
you know, th these days, like, there's, there, there's so many things we can be addicted to because addiction is just so easy today because we have just access to so many things. Uh, if he's asking us to prune off something, that, that's the Lord then speaking to you in your heart. But you can say, yeah, but God, God but, I, but I believe in you. <laughs> and he'll say, that's wonderful. I believe in you too. Now give it up. Do you know, if, if there's something that needs to be pruned, if something needs to be changed, well, if the Lord has spoken to you, then God Almighty, creator of the universe, has spoken to you. So what are you waiting for? There's no higher authority. Like, there's, you know, so when the Lord speaks to us, either through what the church teaches or, or, or what he, he says in the depths of our hearts, this is God speaking to you. So are we going to, to learn? Are we going to learn to listen? Are we going to learn to obey? Or will we let this lesson and the next lesson and the lesson after that pass until we find ourselves listening to no one but ourselves? Blind then as the scribes and Pharisees were. So we ask the Lord today to help us in our Advent journey to prune what needs to be pruned out of our lives that the Lord might have room when he comes. Amen.